Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I would make howling part of my five a day. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Howling 5 The Rebirth, which came out in 1989 from director Neil Sundstrom, written by Clive Turner and Freddie Rowe. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story for Howling 5 follows eight strangers who have been mysteriously invited to an abandoned castle. They are all descendants of a bunch of people who were massacred in the castle 500 years before. And the Count, played by Philip Davis, believes one of them is a werewolf and must be stopped. But as each one of them starts to get picked off, we realise that the creature might already be there. Well, this is a bit of a rarity, and this is a first-time watch for me. Right, I've right. never actually made it this far into the Howling series before, although I have seen Howling 6. Yeah. I kind of had a bad experience with Howling 3, and then yeah. stopped, and then checked back in later with <laughs> Howling 6, and went, oh, no, <laughs> I should have just left it at 1. <laughs> So yeah, I had, uh, and there was actually very little in terms of like production notes or behind the scenes. Yeah. Like the DVD has no bonus features for this film or the previous film actually. I had seen this movie once when I was younger. I can't remember how I got a copy of it from the video store or found it. I don't know. And I, all I remember what all I remember from that first watch, I. All I remember what all I remember from that first watch is that I'd seen it. It was incredibly boring and they overused the outside shot of the castle too much in the movie. That was it. That was all I remembered from that movie. I just you know, you slot it in the back of your head somewhere and go, Oh yeah, I remember, but I never want to go back. Yeah. And then we get to the film in the series and I'm like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> Well, I was pretty excited when the film actually started. I was just like, "Oh, we're going back in time. We're gonna—it's gonna be a period uh, uh, werewolf horror movie." No, and then straight no, away, not. I was like, "No, wait a minute! That that date doesn't make sense with the name of the town. It was 1489, yeah, Budapest. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but Budapest didn't merge until 1873, so they were two separate towns at this point. So I was like, okay, there's a glaring mistake in the oh, opening right. of the movie." <laughs> But I was just like, it's fine. Okay, we're still set in this period. And we're in a castle. I was like, okay, this is a, it's a really nice looking castle. A real castle. Um, and then we get to the set inside. And I'm like, I don't think that's the interior of this castle. I think no. this is a set that they've made. Yep. Uh, but still, I was like, it's different. It's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a lot better than the previous movie's drab, boring shack in the woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's cut into all of these corpses. All of these fresh dead people we're like what, yeah what what in the hell happened here did the werewolf just go on a rampage and then we find these two people that, that literally kill themselves well one of them is like a knight and he's really concerned that there's a curse going and he's really concerned that there's a curse going on in this in this family of people or villagers or whatever or this group of people in this room have all been killed now, were they killed by the knight? Because he does kind of implicate himself that he had to kill them all to stop the curse. Right. And he talks to, like, this 
chambermaid or or maid or whatever and says like is everybody dead and she's like yeah and he's like and the baby and she's like yeah and he's like well now me we must die and she's like i'm ready do it and he stabs her and stabs himself and then as he's lying on the floor the baby cries and i'm like what So she wanted the baby to survive? And now this baby is going to sit there in this castle for 500 years? Well, it, it, it does get explained that somebody came and rescued the baby from the castle. I don't know who and when and how long after. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but we'll go with that movie. Okay, the, the start of the movie, all these people have been killed. You know, fucking Red Wedding style or whatever. And... This one baby has survived. The The curse is continuing, I suppose. And so then we go to, obviously, I think we're still in Budapest, which I think is amazing that the Howling movie has it, it's gone on a world tour. You know, we've had America, we've had Australia, we've had Siberia, we've had South Africa, and now we're in Budapest. Which we get told at one point, I like the line where the guy goes, no, 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 it didn't start in Transylvania. It started in Budapest, which I was like, oh, that's a stab <laughs> at number two, isn't it? And we start getting introduced to all of the different characters. We have, I believe it's, I'd like, bear with me, people. I really lost the will to live while watching this movie. So I don't care for this film. I don't care for any of the actors or any, but apart from one. So you've got, you've got David at the beginning, who's a photographer, and he meets... Gail, who is a famous person who he just starts randomly taking photos of. I, I have to say, like, these two were the, you know, because they're the first two characters the film introduces to us. Please, yeah, don't. I, I, I thought these two were the most interesting out of all of the uninteresting characters that are in this film. And I honestly thought these two would be the protagonists of the film. I honestly thought that the film had had the same thing that happened in number four that they just got rid of the audio and redubbed everything because David's voice right it's <laughs> just so what brings you to Budapest I'm attending the opening of a castle you're not gonna believe this no yeah I saw an advert in magazines so. we get into no yeah I saw an advert in magazines so. we get introduced to Jonathan the tennis player and Mary Lou the the bimbo actress um yay uh we get introduced to catherine the snobbish bar lady and roy the australian i don't know what roy does honestly he's australian and we also have the professor who you know is the professor because he's the only one wearing glasses and richard the rich guy that's how i remember his name's richard because he's rich and these eight people are all kind of, they've all come together. They've all been invited and they've all gotten to this hotel. None of them know, like Richard mentions about how they were all the first ones to ask for visas, but secretly we'll, we'll realize that they're all connected later on, no spoilers. But Philip Davis, Philip Davis, who is an amazing British actor and writer and director. I mean, I only found out when I wiki him. He directed ID. 
Nice, that's the, awesome. The, the British football hooligan movie. That movie is fucking awesome. I also found out he, he like, I recognised him from Alien 3 anyway, because, like, Alien 3 is littered with British actors. And Philip Davis is playing The Count. Probably the best actor in the entire film as well. Is he, he? He stands out. Maybe is maybe he? it's because of his accent. Maybe it's the way he carries the himself. accent. Like, what accent? Like, some points, I, I forgot he had an accent. I thought he was just being Philip Davis. Right, it, 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 <laughs> like I was just like, are all of these actors British or English, or are they mixture of America? Are they doing? Ray is actually Australian. I know because you blatantly yeah. hear that. And Mary Lou's definitely American. I think Gail's American. Richard is. David's British. Jonathan is. Catherine might be. But I did realise that this movie had a bit of a budget because they all had a coach to get to the castle. <laughs> we, we we follow this, this coach as it drives along. And I'm like, we, we follow this, this coach as it drives along. And I'm like, this is just terrible camera work. And well, it, I, I, I actually thought some of the cinematography was okay. What really just was, was tedious was the inane chatter uh, amongst all the characters yeah. when we get introduced to them all it's uh, just mindless numbing chatter when they're all in the hotel and we get introduced to the rest of the characters it's just mind numbing chatter when they're on the coach it's just mind numbing chatter when they get into the castle and they're all sat down at the table it's just mind numbing chatter we're not getting glimpses or insights of any of these characters we're not being in we're not not setting anything up nope that's interesting or remotely memorable or to make you care for any of these characters nope nope and uh, this is it like i said as, as somebody who'd already seen it i felt really bad for this guy I, I almost messaged you while i was watching it like i'm sorry you have to go through this but i thought nah, nah he's gonna learn you know and i just sat there i i had to keep slapping my hand put my phone down because i kept getting bored and picking my phone up i was writing just offensive shit into my notepad like fuck this movie you know well i kind of got behind like the professor character because he <sighs> was he was just like look i know some of the histories about these old castles oh. and you all enjoy your dinner i'm gonna go exploring i was like finally somebody is going to go do something no no <laughs> no because it's that stupid horror character 101 that is yeah. hey we're in this abandoned scary building that we've been invited to and we don't know who by and me possibly the smartest character among all these people i'm gonna walk it off on my own yeah, but at least i was expecting then something to happen and what happened gary he gets he he make he gets lured by noise down into the dungeons and he walks into there and we get some whispers like we think it's the maid there there's a maid and a butler at the castle we get introduced to by philip davis who don't who don't speak english so you might think that they're the killer they're not i'm just gonna warn you now so you don't waste your fucking time because i did you know he, he, he gets lured into the darkness and i suppose yeah some of the camera tunnel stuff looks cool but there's silhouetting a character in the background to make you feel imposed into a tunnel and you feel scared. And then there's having an actor run around a makeshift dungeon in the dark where you can't see anything. And he doesn't he doesn't see anything. I mean, he he get does he get out? Like he gets out, doesn't he? He gets out, he gets yeah. let out of the cage and he's like, "Oh, thank you. Thank you for ah! dies in the darkness." And then we get the Fucking horrible audio cut. 
know what the fuck it says. It says something and it's gonna say it like five more times. I think it's a few more times than that. Oh! It, it, it plays it every time somebody gets killed off. Don't play more or every notions. time the film thinks somebody's been killed off. <laughs> when they're actually not dead yet. So, Philip Davis finds out and he gets really, really quite upset. You know, he, he, he goes running off to, you know, find the, the, the professor because he's worried about him or something. Um, and Ray and Gail kind of have this little conversation. Like Gary said, there is just fucking boring shit going on with everybody else. Like, I could go into it. I made the notes, but it's not really anything. Mary Lou is being a bimbo and doesn't want to be a bimbo. And Jonathan wants to shag her. Catherine and Richard actually turn out that they know each other and Richard's actually married, so secretly they're having an affair, if you care. <laughs> and Gail and Ray um, go off for a conversation. Ray's actually pretty surprised because he's tried to cough off with a bunch of women in the in the as the story's gone on and nobody likes him. And Gail says to Ray, like, Ray, like, I know something's up. The professor's coat is still here. He hasn't just gone wandering off into a blizzard like we were told by the Count. Exactly. The Count kind of implicates himself, like, makes himself the most suspicious red herring character right from the get-go. Where he's like, yeah, the professor left. Like, I was like, with his coat there in, out in a storm, this guy's the intelligent one? Why would he do that? Okay. And there's the thing when it cuts to the exteriors <laughs> of the castle and, you know, the, you can hear this wind howling. Yeah, yeah It's the yeah. only thing howling in this movie. <laughs> The snow is falling down vertical. And I was yeah. like, well, there's no wind blowing the snow. Why is there wind? So it honestly, some of those shots, it looked like they'd put a camera right up to a snow globe. Yeah. <laughs> and gone. <laughs> I kept expecting Philip Davis just to lift up his arms and be like, ma, ha, 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 he, he didn't. It's like I said, he, he's, he's kind of good because he just disappears and then comes back and is like really annoyed that people keep getting killed off. Like, why, do, why isn't he getting killed off? But, like I said, Ray and Gail have a bit of a conversation. Gail says, look, you know, I was in this room earlier. Something came in, but they're gone now. Um, you need to you need to find the secret passageway or whatever there is, and I'll go look for the professor's coat. I'm like, okay. And so we do get this kind of cool, funny little moment where Ray's just, bimbling around the room. Well, the film lets you know that this is a comedy moment because uh, it has that little jingle oh of God. sound, yeah. of music, as he's trying to figure it out. Just saw your brother the other day. Yeah. Oh no. And he finds the switch that opens up the secret wall and he goes in there and as he's the switch that opens up the secret wall and he goes in there and as he's looking around in the dark, it closes behind him. Now as it closes behind him, Gail comes back into the room and she closes behind him. Now as it closes behind him, Gail comes back into the room and she's really shocked that he's gone. And she shouts, Ray! Where are you, Ray? And Ray can hear her. Ah. Ray. Ray. But he doesn't bother fucking shouting back. Like there's a like a there's like a fucking gap in the wall that he can see through. 
that he can see Gail. He doesn't think about just putting his lips to it going, Hello Gail, I'm in the wall, Gail. And Gail turns around and looks at the camera and acts like... And Gail turns around and looks at the camera and acts like she's recognised somebody who's come into the room. And then she acts like she's gotten scared by something happening. And then she acts like something large and furry has attacked her. I'm only assuming that's what's happened because I don't see it. Why are you latching the door? Now, I understand the aid old adage of like, what you don't see can be that much scarier because you use your imagination. Yeah, yeah, I get that. This is the fifth movie. <laughs> We've seen the fucking werewolf already. We're well, not in number four. <laughs> We're not in number four. Well, the thing is, they're using the werewolf prop from number four I in know! this one. That's what's brilliant. When you said in the fourth one, like, I really like that prop. I thought to myself, I swear I've seen it before. I don't, I can't remember where. And then I watched number five and I went... Oh yeah, now I remember. And so some people like to go, oh well, you know, it's like Jaws, you know, you never see the shark. It's... And I'm like, and so some people like to go, oh well, you know, it's like Jaws, you know, you never see the shark. It's... And I'm like, did you watch Jaws? Because you see that shark, at least you see it at the end of the movie. You don't hold out hope for, at least you see it at the end of the movie. You don't hold out hope for seeing the werewolf in this. No. Because I don't think the werewolf is on the screen for more than 30 seconds. Um, fuck that, man. Not even five. Not even five, five. seconds. Not even five. I could slow it down for you if I get there to There is one <laughs> shot where we see it coming down the tunnel and it's still, it's backlit. Yeah. So all you can see is its outline. But in, the, in those few seconds, you can also clearly see that they only got the top half of the werewolf suit because you can see the human legs walking underneath it. Oh, man. Brilliant. Ray has made his way through the tunnels, um, realising that he can't find his way out or get anywhere, as the script allows him to. And he comes across the professor's body. And he's like, oh, my God, the professor's dead. Now, I'd like you to take a note of the professor's wound. Because that is going to be the same wound on every single death. Everybody dies that way. Of a scratch and a bite on their neck. It's fucking shit. And Ray realises he finds a secret exit out into the snow. But it's a massive huge fucking blizzard going on. So, you know, this how's this Australian going to survive in snow? And he realises that he's got no other choice. Wanders out there. And as he's making his way around, he stops. He hears a noise or just stops. And the wolf... Or what we assume is the wolf. It could, it could be a, it could be an avalanche. I don't really know. The, the snow erupts, shall we say, and something jumps in. Did you like that little audio cut? Oh, douche! So, as the numbers are starting to be cut down, and the story goes on, and this movie's like an hour and 38 minutes long again. Story? Yeah, because as the people start to get cut down, they, 
you know, the, the Philip Davis, the Count, gets everybody together, and the small group now decide that what they're going to do is they're going to uh, go into the catacombs because um, the cat split off into pairs. That's right. The, the the Count, David, and Jonathan had already found the secret entrance behind the fireplace. Then they're going to take everybody down there to search for Gale and Ray and the Professor. Um, but they're all going to split up. And I'm just like, somebody fucking kill me now. Just fucking kill me, okay? Because that is the most stupidest fucking plan you have in this movie. Well, they got chalk so that they can map their way so they can make their way back should they get lost. Well, let's really hope nobody comes behind them and wipes the <laughs> chalk off. Oh, wait, they did. Yes. And what we're... Wait, okay. Stay with me with this sequence, okay? So they all fucking split up. Uh, Mary Lou and Jonathan are walking together. And... up. Uh, Mary Lou and Jonathan are walking together. And Mary Lou is getting suspicious that somebody's behind them. And then she's getting worried that somebody might be wiping the chalk off. So Jonathan moves forward on the set and realises that the chalk has been rubbed off. Now, now so... So that makes me think there must be somebody else in the castle trying to get them killed. Okay? Now, Jonathan gets scared. Well, they, they both get scared by some kind of fucking creature. And Jonathan just fucking runs. Leaves Mary Lou to it. Just leaves her. And goes running off. And as he's being chased, like, the camera's following him. We think he's being chased by something. The camera then cuts. He enters a room. And you can blatantly see there is nothing behind him. But he slams this door shut. He locks it up. He then backs his way into the room. And the wolf grabs him from behind. <laughs> well, we know we know this castle is filled with secret tunnels and access ways and overlapping crisscrossing sections. And, you know, well, it was pr pretty fast, I suppose. Like, fine. Kill off another character we don't care about. We don't it's care. Fine. The small group now find Mary Lou, who's knocked out, and they decide that, you know, we really need to take care of her. And they uh, they take her back upstairs. Um, and you've you've now got, like, Anna, the, the blonde actress lady, left. You've got Mary Lou left. Catherine. Uh, you've got Richard. You've got David. The Count and the fucking help. That Richard. You've got David. The Count... And the fucking help. That that good. You've got David, the count, and the fucking help. That that's it. You've got David, the count, and the fucking help. That that's it. And Catherine now becomes the intelligent one, and starts to say like, "Look, David, we should really go back down into the catacombs and seek for help. We can't leave them down there. No, you know. And so they wander down there, and they um." They 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 wander down there, and they um they they found like Ray's watch and a button, and Catherine's like, oh my god, that's the Count's button. It must be the Count. The Count is the killer, and we'd had that sequence as well where the Count had given a gun to Anna, like Anna had realised that he had a gun, and he he gives her the gun and then she shoots somebody in the darkness and it turns out to be Jonathan. But it's okay, because he had his throat ripped out. <laughs> so he must have been dead before he got hit by the bullets. 
And so they decide that Catherine and David decide that they are going to obviously confront the Count. And this is where the big reveal comes. The Count reveals that everybody who died in the castle at the beginning of the movie, the, the baby survived. And so everybody who has come now to the castle is a descendant of those people that died and or the baby. So all these people are related to each other in some way. In some way, yeah. But but we've been told loosely that none of them have had families. They've all grown up in kind of... Well, it was none of them had parents. None of them had they parents, They were all yeah. orphans, orphans in, in some way. Yeah, yeah. Does, and that, does that make any difference? I don't, I, I don't know, because they've all got a mark on their arm. They've all got a mark. Jonathan points out to Mary Lou that he's got one, and Richard notices it on Anna's arm when she's getting changed even the fucking count has ha has got one and i'm like what like i don't understand if one of you had the fucking mark and we were trying to work out which one of you had the mark but you all have the mark so how the fuck work out which one of you had the mark but you all have the mark so how the fuck are we supposed to tell who the what you know and you get this kind of hint that I don't like. I can't remember if Philip Davis says it or not, but like only the relative can kill the wolf or the person who is the wolf. So he doesn't mind if they all die. He actually, after Catherine and fucking David had confronted him, they lock him and the help up in the dungeon. And they're like, well, no, we still need to go and find people. So Catherine goes wandering off on her own. David fucks off onto the rooftops of a castle in the middle of a fucking blizzard. Because that's fucking safe. And Anna, who turns out she actually knows the Count through some of her fucking means, decides to let him out. And so they go down. Oh my god, I... Before I get to the, the cage releasing bit, I just want to jump back to Catherine and David walking around the catacombs and then coming across Gail's body. Now, at this point, what was this, about 40 minutes? 40, yeah. maybe 50 minutes into the movie and Gail had been dead. For, or what we assume dead for at least 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's alive. Or, well, she's got her throat ripped out. 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's alive. Or, well, she's got her throat ripped out. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's alive. Or, well, she's got her throat ripped out. Just like everybody. Yeah, yeah. And she's alive. Or, well, she's got her throat ripped out. Just like everybody else. Yeah. But she's still alive. Barely. Long enough to say the immortal words, it's a werewolf. Who, Gail? Gail, we hear. It's a werewolf. It's... <laughs> oh, okay then. Her death stare was the best. One of my favourite scenes. Okay. She heard the look on her face. It's just fucking brilliant. But, <laughs> like I said... Catherine and David have split up. Anna has gone down to the jail cell and she uh, decides to open up the cell because, you know, the Count realises that, you know, the, the wolf is out there, he has to destroy it and he has to kill everybody so that their souls aren't damned because it's the religious aspect again. Supposedly, the, the Satan took the form of a man and became a wolf at night and that's how they made the werewolf curse. I, I much prefer Underworlds. Sure. Where they're just there. <laughs> Um, and as he goes, as, as he goes up, Catherine has come back to find Richard, who had been taking care of uh, Mary Lou, who has now disappeared. 
spoilers. <laughs> and um, Richard had been attacked by the wolf. Now, we didn't know if he'd probably been attacked or not. The, the wolf had just smashed through this door and it made the awful fucking audio uh, noise. <laughs> but Catherine comes back into the room and notices something behind the curtain. So instead of calling out, you know, or shouting to somebody for help because David was only down the corridor a little bit, she takes a, a, a spear off the wall and rams it. And just it. impales the, whatever's behind there. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't kill the werewolf. We accidentally killed Richard. Oh, but luckily he's already dead because, because he's got, he's got, got the... the what, what? <sighs> I love the fact that Catherine's like, oh, my God, I killed him. And I'm like, no shit, bitch. Well, you also shot and killed the other guy. <laughs> well, that was Anna. Anna killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking... But luckily, yeah, he he was dead, and they're they're majorly concerned because obviously Mary Lou is missing, and David has come to the tar come to the decision that the count is evil, and the count has come to the decision that David is evil, and Mary Lou is missing, and Catherine doesn't know what the fuck to do. And, and Catherine makes her way down into the cell. And we left Anna in the cell for her own protection with the key. But she had done the same thing as Gail and let with the key. But she had done the same thing as Gail and let whoever is the wolf near her in a horrible POV. Catherine comes across her body. And then Catherine is killed. And I believe this is the only moment in the film where you look at the wolf longer than three seconds. Yes. <laughs> and even then, it's really, really fucking brief. David comes across the maid and is about to be killed by the butler. But the butler decapitates the maid and... Whoa! Awesome fucking fashion. <laughs> On screen death. Yeah, and then the butler gets fucking crossbowed by Mary Lou, who's just turned up, and it's all kicking off now. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 the count has made it perfectly clear that the most innocent person among us must be the wolf. So it can't be Mary Lou, the one who's been asleep for half the movie and obviously plays the innocent bimbo. It has to be David, the wolf photography who's probably seen some shit in his time and is willing on killing whoever he fucking comes across and so then it becomes the the you know the accusing game of no you're the werewolf no you're the werewolf no you're the werewolf i'm innocent no you're the werewolf i'm innocent and uh and it's it's uh mary lou with the gun yeah they're struggling and on they're, the both, they're both like they're both like kill him no kill him no kill him and we she pulls the trigger off screen yeah so we're just like oh who did she kill she killed the count yeah and we're like well granted the count did have all of these you know hints and clues left throughout the movie to implement him as being the potential killer i mean he's the one who orchestrated the whole thing as well no he didn't he was the one who was he was invited there as well yeah, mysteriously. No, but, he, but he doesn't give that impression does he, he feel you feel like yeah. he's the one who's organized he says it. he says he says it's the most innocent person out of us mary lou what? So I, man, I got, I got that movie. I got this movie the first time I fucking watched it. The second, I, it can't be Mary Lou the Rougarou, <laughs> can it? The way she looks at the fucking camera at the end, and David likes, David's like, no, there's no such thing as a werewolf. We're all safe. And she looks and sniggers like, I was the wolf the whole time. I'm like, where are you? I don't know anymore. You were in bed and somebody else died. And 
<laughs> when did that happen? Why kill Jonathan? Did you know? Did, was she wiping their own fucking arrows off with Jonathan? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're just saying yes to me anyway, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, the movie makes no. It makes... doesn't. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, then, did you have any memorable scenes from the film? Tartus! Um, I had two. My first one is Gail's death stare. Um, the camera lingers on her face when she dies, and the actress kept her eyes open while the blood pulls down. And I, like, it looks like she's about to snigger. Or she makes me snigger. She totally just looks like shit stupid. And the second favourite scene is when the maid gets her head cut off. Because that's how I felt. <laughs> well, I had a couple of memorable sequences in the oh. film. Like, I, I thought the intro was pretty good. I was like, this. it felt fresh. It felt different. It felt new. And then it would just spiral into awfulness from there. Yeah. Um, I guess I remember the you know the the, the comical music piece when he's oh, trying to find the secret yeah, passage. Yeah, Ray's little moment. Ray was kind of cool. Um, I, I liked the cinematography of the castle. I think the castle was a really nice. Um, I, I liked the cinematography of the castle. I think the castle was a really nice set. But you know that that was the star. So I think the castle was a really nice set. But you know that that was the star of the movie for me. It's a really nice set. But, you know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, set. But, you know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, and I, set. But, you know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, and I also... But, you know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, and I also just... But, you know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, and I also just absolutely... You know, that, that was the star of the movie for me. Um, and I also just absolutely loved the acting, the actress who plays Mary Lou, because she was awful. She and was now, great when she was asleep. She was great when she was asleep. She probably made me uh, think. My, my favourite line is when, when, she's, when she's really hyper-emotional and upset. She's like, no, this can't be happening to me. What's happened? Where is everyone? Catherine and Anna have seen them. No. He's killed them. What are you talking about? Mary Lou, everybody is dead except us. The Count has murdered them. No, this isn't real. Please say it's not real. The Count will not rest until we are both dead. I must kill him. No, this can't be happening. Mary Lou. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> well, here, do you recommend Howling 5? No! This movie is bollocks. I watched it once and thought I had fucking died. And then when we decided to do this series, it came all flooding back. But nothing good. Nothing good happens. It's fucking boring as shit. Now, I know I could be respectful and honourable to the writer, the director, the actors and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, try the movie for yourself. There's a mystery in there just coated in shit. And I said this to Gary before I sat down and watched the movie and I was thinking this all the way through. There is a much better werewolf mystery movie known as The Beast Must Die from 1975. It follows a rich man who gets a group of people together and decides that and, and says that one of them is the werewolf and he's going to hunt it. It's fucking awesome. This movie is not that. It tries to be that. It tries to be a lot of things and it shouldn't. 
Philip Davis is probably the best actor in the whole entire movie, but even then it feels like he's doing what Christopher Lee did in number two, 